0: Hiya, welcome to the second episode of Sketches of Significant Women. So today I wanted to focus on Alice Ball because she's not that well known and so I, I feel like if you went up to someone in the street and was like, Oh, do you like Alice Ball? They probably wouldn't know who you meant and I think that's important that we focus on people that aren't so well known because I wanna I want I want us all to like learn about amazing women that we wouldn't have known about if we weren't listening to the podcast basically so anyway Alice Ball she was born on the 24th of July in 1892 in Seattle so to give you a bit of context that was the same year that Ellis Island began accommodating immigrants into the USA Liverpool Football Club was formed at Anfield and the first Sherlock Holmes collection was published in London. She died on the 31st of December in 1916, also in Seattle, at only 24 years old. That year saw World War I's Battle of the Somme. And Margaret Sanger opened the first birth control clinic in the US. So, Like I did with the other episode, I want to give you a brief overview of what I think are the main points of her life. So she developed an injectable oil extract treatment for leprosy, which was used widely until the 1940s when antibiotics came into popular use. She was the first female master's graduate from the University of Hawaii and that was in 1915 and she got her master's in chemistry and she was the first female teacher in the school's chemistry department. Okay, so early life. She was born Alice Augusta Ball in Seattle, Washington, to Laura and James Ball. Her mother and father were both photographers, and her grandfather, J.P. Ball, was one of the pioneers of African-American photography. She had one sister called Adelaide, and the family moved to Hawaii in 1903, but her father died less than a year later, and they returned to Seattle in 1905, probably because... They felt more comfortable there. Maybe her mother was a bit like, oh my god, let's go back to what we know when they lost their father. She graduated top of her class in high school and then she attained two degrees from the University of Washington. In 1912 she got a pharmaceutical Chemistry and in 1914 she got a degree in Pharmacy. She then took up a scholarship at the University of Hawaii to study chemistry as a master's student in 1914. So she obviously loved Hawaii, otherwise why would she have gone back? So she became the first woman to teach chemistry at the University of Hawaii in 1914. Um, This was while she was a master's student. Her master's project was about extracting the active ingredients of the kava root, Um, But then she met a doctor called Dr Holman, who was acting as the director of a leprosy clinic on the island, and he suggested that she look into Chalmugra oil, which had shown limited success as a leprosy treatment. Leprosy at the time was a really major issue, uh, socially and medically, since no effective treatment was available and sufferers were sometimes forced into remote colonies sort of like detention camp in the USA. So basically these people were really being discriminated against and there was no treatment, no one was trying to help them. So her and Dr Holman were like, this could be a really, you know, interesting field of study if it's going to help such a stigmatised group of people. So I really admire that. She managed to isolate the ethyl ester of Chalmugra Oil allowing it to be injected because it was water-soluble. The Ball Method, as it was coined, saved thousands of sufferers' lives and reunited families, but she never survived to see this, nor did she receive recognition from the scientific community during her lifetime, which is obviously a great shame. There's quite a lot of controversy surrounding her death. So in 1916, she inhaled chlorine gas during a classroom demonstration, she then returned to Washington for treatment, but sadly died in the December, aged only 24 years old. In her Honolulu obituary, her students described her as helpful and optimistic. However, the details of her death are mysterious. It was listed as tuberculosis on her amended death certificate. At the University of Hawaii, the president at the time was Arthur Dean and he published one of her unfinished papers posthumously, but under his own name, and he gave her no credit. He labelled her treatment as the Dean method after himself, so basically stole all her work and did not credit her at all. Dr Holman tried to quell this by stating that Ball was the author and scientist behind the cure, but she was all but forgotten and till the 1970s when a University of Hawaii scholar, Catherine Takara, began investigating Ball's life and re-establishing her legacy. In February 2000, the Governor of Hawaii established an Alice Ball Day, which takes place once every four years on the 29th of February. A bronze plaque has also been placed at the base of the Chumu ground. Tree on the University of Hawaii campus, listing her achievements. In January of 2007, she was posthumously awarded the Regent's Medal of Distinction by the University of Hawaii. So, what I think we need to take away from this very short episode is that women in history are not always credited with their achievements, especially if they die young and can't defend themselves. And her work was completely forgotten because no one was there to stand up for her, apart from Dr. Holman. And hardly anyone even listened to him, which I think is a really big shame. And this theme is actually going to carry through to next week because we're going to look at Qian Xiong Wu, who was a pioneer, sometimes called the First Lady of Physics, but she never received a Nobel Prize for her work, whereas her male colleagues did. So stay tuned for that and go and have a look at the blog post which will accompany this episode on my blog jemma davoudian at wordpress.com and yeah so i'll see you next week thank you bye